Welcome everyone. My name is Darren Snow and I am the senior pastor at Crossroads Community Church in Aurora, Illinois. And I am so glad that you are joining us for today's podcast of our weekly Sunday sermon. Good morning, saints. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. I'll tell you, that, that's the last song we sang, if maybe you're newer to the faith, that song's got to be, I don't know, 20, 25 years old now, at least 20 years, and it, it, we've all heard it 10,000 times, but it never gets old, does it? How great is our God, how great, how great is our God, name above all names. He is worthy to be praised. And oh, what a privilege we have that we get to come together as brothers and sisters in Christ this morning to praise our holy God. We're so glad that you're here, I'll echo uh, Tasha's words, if you're visiting with us, welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is Darren Snow. I'm the senior pastor here. And on behalf of all of our pastoral staff, our elders, uh, we're so glad that you're here. Those of you that are watching us online, uh, welcome uh, to Crossroads Community Church. So uh, we got a lot to go through this morning. We have a lot of fun this morning. But I would be remiss if I did not give some love. I got to give some love this morning to our middle school students. We got 26 middle school students sitting right over here. They were at a middle school weekend retreat, so Matthew Meldrum led that group uh, uh, along with Pastor Caleb and some awesome, awesome, awesome volunteers. Middle schoolers, stand up and let us give you some love this morning. Stand up now. God is alive, and he is on the move, and God is working through not only our children's ministry, but middle and high school ministry. You may be seated. They're getting a lot of love over here. The only thing I'm bitter about is I didn't get a t-shirt. Okay, so Lily, you got to fix that, all right? You got to get old Pastor Darren a t-shirt. But uh, really, just they had a great weekend. Can't wait to hear all the stories about how God worked in our middle schoolers this week. Okay, so if you're visiting with us, let's jump in. Uh, today is the finale, if you can believe, of a short little five-week series. You saw there on the video, uh, Major Truths from the Minor Prophets. If you're visiting with us uh, today, they are not called the Minor Prophets because they're any less significant. Uh, they are just, the, the books are a little bit shorter. So we have what we call four of the major prophets, 12 of the minor uh, prophets. And so we're going to dig into the finale today. Uh, since today is the end of this series, that means that we must be beginning a brand new series next week. And can you believe it that we start our Christmas series next week? Home, home, home for Christmas. There it is, home for Christmas. And we're going to be home right in the scriptures. And we invite you to come and be a part of that next week, obviously. And then I will say this. There is no better series of the year uh, to invite somebody who does not know Jesus or who does not have a church home. People are more inclined to come to a Christmas service than just about any service there is. So we're going to do five weeks in the Christmas story. We're going to start next week. We're going to throw you a little bit of a curveball next week, okay? So you want to come for that. We're going to start someplace that you may not uh, be thinking we would start a Christmas series. But that is going to... Uh, begin next week, please invite somebody. Okay, so the prophet that we're going to take a look at this morning as we close this series is the prophet Zechariah. Zechariah. And we chose uh, Zechariah to close the series because I think he really is the best choice because of all of the 12 minor prophets. You remember, there's four major 12. Out of all the 12 minor prophets, uh, Zechariah has the most direct prophecies regarding the coming of the Messiah. Thus, he's kind of the perfect bridge from the end of this series into the beginning of the next one. So I want you to open up your uh, B-I-B-L-E's to the book of Zechariah, and we're going to go to Zechariah chapter 9. Now, while you are um, turning to Zechariah chapter 9, excuse me, I've got a question for you this morning. 
uh, as I'd like to throw out to you, just to kind of get your, your brain working a little bit. And so the simple question this morning for you is this. How is your hope quotient? Larry, let's leave that up here for a moment. I want you to marinate on that. How's your hope quotient? Uh, let's put it this way. Is your hope tank full? Uh, is your hope tank leaking a little bit? Dripping a little bit? Maybe, maybe your hope tank might be empty. Uh, I, will, I will tell you, you know, I'm, I'm, my hope tank is pretty full right now. So I'm blessed for a little, nice little blessed season of life. I mean, we've had another incredible year as a church. 2023 has been so, God has been just so good to us. Way better than we deserve, Ryan, 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 Ryan's already checking it. Way better than we deserve. Can't, I mean, this is, I can't wait to see what God's going to do next year. Um, so that's good. Uh, Julie and I celebrate our 35th wedding anniversary this summer, so she hasn't thrown me out yet. Woo, yeah, yeah, that's all good. Still with me. She, she's, we've had our moments. She thought about it. She's threatened a time or two. No worries still. Um, kids are good. Grandkids are good. Uh, many of you know that our oldest daughter, Abby, uh, is a missionary in South Africa. And she is married to a native South African, Surfaz. And they're going to be coming home in December. We don't get to see them that often. so she's gonna be, And not only is she coming uh, home, just the two of them, but she's bringing a baby bump with her because she's five months pregnant. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to have our third little grandchild, a little boy. We're going to have a little South African uh, grandbaby boy that's going to be coming next March. So uh, when it comes to my personal, I mean, you know, we have ups and our, our downs. And, and I'm kind of in a pretty sweet place right now from a personal perspective. Now, that being said, here comes the wah-wah. You know there's a wah-wah coming. That being said, when it comes to our country right now, ah, there we go. I didn't have to say much, did I? When it comes to our country, when it comes to what is going on in the world today, Lord have mercy. There are times, this is not hyperbole on my part, and looking at your faces, you know the same. I have to take a very, very deep breath, deep breath, excuse me, and there are times where I think that we've gone back in time and it is 1912 and we are at the front of the Titanic. And the iceberg is about five feet away. Doesn't it seem like that sometimes? Like there we are, you know, that's the old Titanic. And it's steaming ahead and there is an iceberg just a few away. And it is time to say get out the life rafts and let's get, let's get out of here. Now, having said that now, um, that's the way that I feel in and of myself. Let me be clear. But when I turn to Jesus, when I turn to his promises, when I turn to the things that I know to be true, the things that I know the future holds, and how can we know what the future holds? We'll get there in a little bit. The things that I know the future holds, then I can take a deep breath. I can recenter a little bit. I can recalibrate a little bit, and I can keep on going. Now, the Titanic was obviously not around 500 years ago, and so just for timeline now, we're talking about the prophet Zechariah. He was around about 500 B.C., 500 B, well, 2,500 years ago, excuse me, 500 years B.C., when God called him to be a prophet. Uh, but while the, the Titanic might not have been, let, let me assure you, and I'm going to give it to some context here, the, the people thought that their whole world was sinking. And when it comes to hope, their hope tank was just, there wasn't, there wasn't much of anything in their hope tank at the time that God called Zechariah to be a prophet. So let me give you some context. Let's go all the way back to week one. We told you that after the time of Solomon, 
there was a civil war in Israel. We talked about that several times. And so the nation of Israel was split into two because of this civil war. So you had the northern kingdom of Israel in the north. You had the southern kingdom of Judah. Some of you know it. Judah in the south. The own kingdoms, their own kings, the whole thing. All right. In 722 BC, the Assyrians overrun the northern kingdom. Samaria, the capital, falls, and they're toast. They're done. That was in 722 BC. About 130 years later, in 586 BC, Jerusalem and the southern kingdom falls as well. So it is all gone. And at that time, uh, the Babylonians, so it was the Assyrians first, then the Babylonians were the world power, they took off many of the Jews back to Babylon. It's what we call the exile. Anybody remember Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? They were exiles in Babylon. So if that helps from your Sunday school days. And then, 70, 80 years later, whatever it is, the Persians, who then were the new world power, so he went from the Assyrians to the Babylonians, and now the Persians, a guy by the name of King Cyrus, they began to let some of the Jews come back home, to come back to Jerusalem specifically. So you can only imagine the hope. For a generation, they've been stuck up in Babylon as servants and slaves and all those kind of things, and now the king says that you're going to be able to go back. You can only, their, their hope cup must have runneth over at that point until they actually got back to Jerusalem, and then their hope was crushed again. Why? Well, the city of Jerusalem uh, had been torn down. Uh, the great gates of the city uh, were basically gone, and even though they were home, they were still occupied as they had been now for many, many generations. The Persians were still the world power. So when it comes to hope for this group at that time, well, their hope was pretty much, pretty much wasn't any. Hey, it was gone. We thought we were God's chosen people, and now look, here we are. We've been exiles for, uh, for a generation. This is now the third world power that has had us under their thumb. Hope. Not much hope at all. And yet it is at this time that God in his goodness and God uh, in his sovereignty sent old Zechariah. And his message was a message of, I'm only going to give you one guess, it was of hope. God sent Zechariah to give his people hope. Uh, uh, the hope that God had not forgotten them. And you can only imagine, they must have thought that God had long ago forgotten them. God had not forgotten that God was still God and hope that the Messiah was still going to come. Now, at this, play, at this time, they had been hoping for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years that the Messiah at some point was going to come. And so Zechariah is reminding them, God is still God. He is still on the throne, and the Messiah is still going to make his arrival. Now, we're going to hit pause. Ready? We're going to hit pause, and we're going to change gears, and we're going to come back to Zechariah. So I want you to stay with me. Let's fast forward about 500 years from the time of Zechariah, about 2,000 years ago, and Jesus of Nazareth was in fact born. The Messiah had indeed arrived just as the prophet Isaiah said that he would. Okay, So Zechariah was around about 500 B.C. Isaiah was prophesying a full 200 years prior to that. So in 700 B.C., Isaiah said this. This is going to be very familiar to many of you. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called, wonderful, counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. 
So just as Isaiah said 700 years prior, Jesus Christ was born. He was born in Bethlehem. He was born to a virgin. We're going to unpack that in our Christmas series. He finally arrived. About 30 years of age, he went into ministry. But even before going into ministry, of course, he lived a perfect, sinless life. As crazy as that is. He was the God-man. A perfect, perfect, sinless life. And Jesus said words. He, he, he taught and he preached words that no one had ever taught or preached before. And there's been some great orders across history. There's some, been some really wise men and wise women. But none of them, before or since, oh, by the way, have ever said the words that Jesus said, preached the sermons that Jesus preached. I can give you a little heads up into next year. Next year, we're going to spend a full seven months, 28 weeks, we're going to spend on the greatest sermon ever preached, the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And I think at the end of that time, you will agree with me. Uh, the word, so no one had ever he heard words. But not only was it his words, as life-giving as those were, it wasn't only his words, but it was also his deeds, specifically the miracles. Okay? And when you read through the Gospels, it, it's, it's just wild stuff. People who couldn't walk could walk. The lame could walk. Those who were blind, blind, could see. And as wild and crazy as that was, there were people who were dead. Remember old Lazarus? Dead, uh, Lazarus was as dead as he could be. And Jesus looked and said, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus, who was dead, all of a sudden he was alive. So again, words that people had never heard, deeds, miracles that no one had ever seen before. And just as Jesus was proclaiming, the kingdom of God had indeed come. Three years of ministry from 30 to 33. And then when he was 33 years old, at the time of the Passover feast, Jesus began to make his way into Jerusalem. Matthew 21, verse 1. Now when they, the disciples and Jesus, drew near Jerusalem and came to Bethphage to the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, Go into the village in front of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied, and a colt will be with her. Untie them. And bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord needs them, and he will send them at once. So again, Jesus is making his way into Jerusalem. But instead of walking, as he had done for three years. When you go through the Gospels, up until this time, you're not going to find any place that Jesus is out you know, riding a donkey or riding anything. Else. So he's been walking for three years. But isn't it interesting? Now, instead of walking like he had done for the last year, he decides that he is going to ride. Now, isn't that interesting? Isn't that really that, that Matthew and Luke include that? But there's a problem. He wants to ride into Jerusalem, but the problem is he doesn't have anything to ride on. So as I just read, he gives some instructions to two of his disciples and, and tells them that, that they're going to find a colt. Let's pick it up in verse 4. And this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet, saying, Say to the daughter of Zion... Behold, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. And the disciples went, and they did as Jesus had directed them. And they brought the donkey and the colt and put uh, on them their cloaks, and he sat on them. Now, don't miss that in verse 4. To fulfill what was spoken of by the prophet. Five 500 years 
before the birth of Jesus, old Zachariah, some of you thought we were never going to get there, all right? 500 years before the birth of Jesus, Zachariah said this, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you, righteous and having salvation is he, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Now, saints, when we start heading into Christmas season, this is one thing that never gets old for me. I'll speak part. Never gets old for me is when we look at all of these Old Testament prophecies that lead to Jesus. Okay? And it's easy to go, oh, well, Isaiah, 700 years before Christ. Oh, Zachary. Okay, let's just take a deep breath. 500 years before the Messiah showed up, Zechariah wrote these words. My point on this saying is this should give us, in terms of our faith, this should give us not only confidence, and I mean confidence in our faith, but also hope. Zechariah said that the Messiah would ride humbly into Jerusalem on a colt, and it happened exactly, exactly the way that he did. Was that luck? Coincidence, Robert? Some kind of crazy coincidence? Or did Jesus know in the prophecy? Did he go and kind of arrange the whole thing? Give me a break. 500 years beforehand. Now, saints, let me remind you. Caleb or I will give this to you almost every Christmas because it needs to be heard every year. A biblical scholars tell us that there's some 300, 300 Old Testament prophecies, depending upon the biblical scholar, but 300 plus Old Testament prophecies looking forward to the Messiah. Biblical scholars tell us there are 61 major prophecies that give very, very specific details like this of the Messiah. And saints, let me say to you again, this is so important to us as Christians. Why? Because our faith is grounded on historical evidence. Our faith is based on fact and truth. Our faith is not blind. And let me tell you, for the 10,000th time, you do not have to check your brain at the door when you become a Christian. Because our faith is based upon fact. And these truths of our faith should give us not only confidence, but also hope. Hope from two perspectives. First of all, hope for today. Even when the world has gone insane... Even when it seems like we're the captain in 1912 of the old Titanic, and that, uh, that iceberg seems like it's about a foot away, and we're steaming just, I mean, again, I'll beat a dead horse here, but just flip, you know this, flip on your TV, go home this afternoon, take a deep breath, take a shot of whiskey, <laughs> and turn on the TV for five minutes. And you will say, I'm glad Pastor Darren had me take that shot. <laughs> yes or no? But when you have confidence, when you have hope, you have hope for today that allows us to take a, a, a step back. T. We can take a step back, we can take a deep breath, we can recenter, we can recalibrate, and we can say, regardless of how absolutely insane the world has gone, I still have hope. And I have hope not only for today, but I also have hope for tomorrow. Tomorrow being tomorrow. What we know will eventually play out. And you say, that's really strong, Darren. How do you know uh, how tomorrow is going to play out? How do I know? Because God, through his prophets, have told us. See, that's the thing. When, when you look and see, 
just how reliable and faithful God has been all the way through that everything he said about the Messiah, 500, 700, as we're going to see next week, even a lot further out than 500, 700 years. We'll get into that next week. When you see how faithful he has been that every jot and tittle came uh, to be in, Messiah, in the Messiah, Jesus coming, then we can say, well, if he was faithful during all that, what, you know, God is never, he's not going to change now. So if we had hope for yesterday, we can now have hope for today and we can hope for tomorrow. And see, this is why I love Zechariah. Because Zechariah, as I said earlier, of all of the 12 minor prophets, he gives us the most prophecies regarding not only the first advent or the first coming of Jesus, but also the second advent or the second coming of Jesus. So let's go back to Zechariah 9. Let me read two passages for you. Zechariah 9.10 says this, I will cut off the chariot from Ephraim, and the war horse from Jerusalem, and the battle bow shall be cut off. And he, the Messiah, shall speak peace to the nations. And here it is. And his rule shall be from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. Let's drop down to Zechariah chapter 14, verses 8 and 9. On that day, on the day that is to come, living waters shall flow out of Jerusalem half of them to the eastern sea, half of them to the western sea. It shall continue in summer as in winter. And then here it is. And the Lord will be king over all of the earth. And on that day, the Lord will be one and his name will be one. And saints, I'm just here to tell you, I couldn't care less what people think. I couldn't care less how much they roll their eyes. I couldn't care how much they laugh at us. The day is coming when Jesus Christ is coming back. He's coming back. You hear me say that? And, and I'll not stop saying it. There's coming a day when Jesus is coming back. We don't know when. We don't know how it's going to play out. And there's lots of theories about those things. But the bottom line is there is a day that he is coming back. And just as Zechariah and others have said, on that day, when all the dust is settled, there will be peace. Not a temporary peace. But true, deep down, everlasting peace and he will rule as king king jesus over all of the earth from sea to sea and on that day and how it's going to all play out i don't know but here's what i know from revelation chapter 21 there will be a new heavens and there will be a new earth and there will be a new jerusalem and life will finally be as it was intended to be and you can take it to the bank I honestly, I mean, I don't say this arrogantly. I honestly could, I could not care less what other people think because I know that I know that I know that I know that I know. Just as every one of those prophecies about the first advent came true, so someday every one of those prophecies about the second advent are going to come true. Now, saints, stay with me. Because we know these prophecies to be true, because we know that we know that we know that someday Jesus is coming back, then we have hope. And having that hope, that sure hope, stay with me, allows us to calmly and confidently live out our faith. Because we know these things to be true. Even as the world has gone crazy. And by the way, the world gone crazy is nothing new. The world's been crazy since Genesis chapter 3. Okay, let's just be clear. There's nothing new under the sun. The insanity that's going on in the world, ain't nothing new. When we say, oh, Lord, God must roll his eyes and say, you know, saints, I've given you history books. Read one of them, will you? 
but that allows us to confidently and calmly live out our faith, no matter what's going on in the world. And I say this very carefully, okay, but also regardless of what is going on in our own individual circumstances. Some of you today are going through very, very, very difficult circumstances. You heard me talking before about my own personal hope tank, and some of you were rolling your eyes and say, well, that's good for you. You don't have any clue what I'm going through. No, I don't, but he does. But because he is faithful, because the word of God is true, we can take a deep breath even amidst the realities of life and the circumstances of life. We can take a deep breath and have confidence and hope. I get asked pretty regularly, not every day, not every week, but I get asked pretty regularly, Pastor Darren, are we, are, are we in the end at times? And, and I say to that uh, with confidence that the answer to that is yes. Now, let me be clear. The end time clock started ticking upon the death, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus. All right, so just be clear. Are we in the end times? You better believe we are based upon those historical facts. So the clock's been ticking for 2,000 years. Do we have any clue when he's coming? No, we do not. Um, I'm going to mess this up. You know, guys, you know what I do when I start trying to quote Scripture, and I don't have it in front of me. Uh, but concerning that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. No one knows. We just know he's coming back, but we don't know when. So are we in the end times? You better believe it. And regardless of what's going on in the world, as Christians, do, do we walk out our faith in these incredibly trying times out of fear? No. Thank you, Mark. Why? Scripture says, for God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of what? Power and love and self-control. So again, we stand on what we know to be true. And we walk forward calmly, confidently, with hope. Saints, it's like we're in the last two minutes of a ball game. Some of us will go home and watch football this, today. But everybody knows what the, uh, the two-minute drill is. You're down by four. You've got to score a touchdown. All right. Oh, my gosh. How, who put that up there? Who put that up there? I lost many of you. But today, at some point, old Dak or whoever is going to have that ball, and there's going to be less than two minutes to play, and they're down by four. Now, you know what any good quarterback is going to do in the NFL, any good high school, any good middle school, any good college, whatever, it, when they're in the thing, here's what they're going to do, two things. One, they're going to keep their eyes up because they've got to know how much time. They've got to be aware. Oh, okay, we've only got, we got two minutes or less. Now we've got a minute. Now we've got 45 seconds. They've got to keep their eyes up, aware of what's going on, but they've got to keep their head down. They've got to survey the defense. They've got to run the play. They've got to know when to hand off. They gotta know when to throw. Okay? They gotta keep their eyes up, aware of what's going on. They gotta keep their head down, and they've got to march that team over the goal line. Saints, that's us. It doesn't matter if it's not in our lifetime, and I sure hope that it is, because it's gonna be a wild and woolly and awesome day on when the day of the Lord comes. I hope that we are, I hope that we are fortunate enough to be alive when it comes. And behold, I saw a white horse. And the one sitting on it is called Faithful and True. And in righteousness, he judges and makes war. Someday he's coming. 
I hope we're blessed enough. But even if we're not, doesn't matter. We're going to keep our heads up, or excuse me, our eyes up. We're going to keep up. No matter what's going on in the world, no matter how crazy, we're going to keep our eyes up because he's coming back. He's coming back. But we're not going to get lost in the clouds because even as we're keeping our eyes up, we're going to keep our head down. As individuals, as families, as this community of faith. And we're going to do exactly what it is that God calls us to do. We're going to run the plays that God calls us to run. Jesus said, go into all the world. Mark 16, 15, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. That's our playbook. That's our play. We're going to go and we're going to make disciples and we're going to make disciple makers. Saints, God is still God. Jesus is still king. And the words of Zechariah, written 2,500 years ago, are still true. And thus we have hope. So let's keep our eyes up. Let's keep our head down. And let's be the people of God that he's calling us to be. How do we apply what we've heard from the word today? I think application comes differently to two groups of people. The first is, if you're a follower of Jesus, if you're a Christian, uh, if you're a follower of Jesus, the application is pretty simple, that even amidst the craziness of this world, and some of you may think, you, you may believe, and I am on the Titanic in some way, financially, physically, relationally, whatever it may be. For us that are Christians, it is, it is a reminder, stand on what you know to be. Selena, stand on what you know to be true. That there is a God and he is good beyond our circumstances. And he is faithful. Doesn't mean everything's always going to turn out exactly the way we want it to. Don't misunderstand me. But God is faithful. Always has been, always will be. He's faithful. So maybe today is the day to take a deep breath, stand back, recalibrate, recenter just a little bit. Take a deep breath, go to the Lord, and then take one step forward. For those of us that know Jesus... Simple application. Stand on what you know to be true. The second application is for those who don't know Jesus. I'm not talking about do you know about him. Everybody knows something about him. Knowing about him is 180 degrees from knowing him. Take it from one who has been there. Do you know him? If you don't know him, man, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're watching. <laughs> Believe me, if you don't know him, I'm, I'm so. You're, but you're not here or you're not watching just on coincidence, by happenstance. I believe that to be true, to hear the simple, simple gospel message. If you don't know him, that means that you are putting your hope in something of the things of this world. And there's a list a mile long of the things of this world that we put our hope in. Money is usually at the top of the list. Money, career, stuff, a relationship, a person. We can make idols out of anything. And again, been there, done that, and bought the t-shirt. But if you're putting your hope in the things of this world, then you are putting your hope in temporal things. 
temporal. It's all going to go away at some point. And what I would urge you to do today is to humble yourself and begin to put your faith in things that are eternal. And the greatest news in the world is there is nothing that you have to do or can do. Forget have to, nothing you can do to earn that. We're saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. John 1, 12 says, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. It's the craziest thing in the world. All these years of knowing the gospel, it never gets, it never gets old. Nothing we have to do. But by faith, the faith that he gives us, we believe and we receive. And that's it. We are new creations in Christ Jesus. If you're visiting with us today, we're going to do something today that we don't do every week, but we do pretty regularly. And that is we're just going to spend some time in extended worship and prayer. And I'm just going to say to you, straightforward as I say, if, if you don't know Jesus, okay, if you don't know him, let today be the day of your salvation. Not tomorrow, not next week. Not after the holidays, not when we settle into 2024. If you do not know Jesus, let today be the day of your salvation. He'll turn you upside down and inside out. He will change your life. Doesn't mean everything's going to be perfect. It's not. If the Christian life was easy, everybody would do it. But I wouldn't go back to my old way of life for all the tea in China. You'll never look back. So, we're going to have some time of prayer here at the end. Now, let me say this. Uh, when, we, when we have these times of extended worship and prayer, if you've got anything else going on in your life, it may have nothing. You, you, may, you may be as saved as you can be. But you've got a physical reality. You have a relational issue. Some of you, the holidays are coming up, and you're like, oh, Lord, give me, oh, Lord, help me. Just the thought of the holidays. Maybe you have a burden on your heart for somebody, a close uh, friend or family member that does not know Jesus and you want to lift up that person to Jesus. I don't know what's going on in your life, but he does. So as always, I'm going to ask for uh, some of our elders to come forward along with uh, members of our prayer team. So Sonia, if you would come up, please, dear. Fred and Michael, two of our elders, I'm going to be down over here. And we're just going to worship. Don't, don't, listen, don't be a spectator this morning enter into his presence. We are in his presence, but, but don't be a spectator. Right? Participate in worship, and if you would like prayer for anything at all, please come forward. Allow us to pray for you. No matter what may be going on in your life, oh, but God. Oh, but God. Thanks for joining us this week. I really hope you enjoyed today's message. If you'd like more information on Crossroads Community Church, you can check out our website at crossroadsconnect.com. Net. And if you are ever in our area, we would love to have you visit us in person at 3003 South Eola Road in Aurora, Illinois. I hope you have a great week and I look forward to having you join us again soon.